let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, what's happening? Welcome to another edition of The Player and the Fan. I am yours truly, David Noel, the player, the coach. And we are joined by our beautiful, esteemed co-host, Miss Kiara. Miss Kiara, how you doing? I'm doing good. Been wait, we we went on a way longer break than we should have. We did, we did, but we I ain't even gonna bring it up. It's all good. <laughs> but you you had a a week off from from working, so you had to be home and be with the babies. Uh, yeah. Uh, here we go. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Y'all see what I just did right there, ladies and gentlemen. See, I, I wish every when you get the arg, everyone. I wish get the arg. <laughs> just go ahead and you know, so you got it. Works better, I promise. <laughs> Next season, well, we have a lot to talk about. Way too much to talk about, so we, we can't. Let's just get Duke out the way because I know it's on the tip of your mouth. Yeah, it was. I, that has to be, if I'm Coach K, the most embarrassing loss of my career. You know, but but hold, and, and I'm going to speak to that. And so there's a couple problems that I had with this whole thing, right? Uh-huh. From the beginning of him announcing his retirement, I can't remember another, another coach that did that, mm -hmm. like, you know, of his, of his caliber mm -hmm. that said, Hey guys, this is my last year. <laughs> I want this farewell tour. And, and like, like a part of me, like, I was like, Oh, this coach K. Yeah, I mean, again, former Duke fan. And I, and I respect the heck out of coach K. Um, I honestly just think it was a little selfish. Do you I think, think he really selfish. asked for a farewell? I don't think he asked for a farewell. I just, he, I'm retiring. I'm in and no, I so you think like he inadvertently was like, I can't, I can't say what I was about to say, it was on tip of my tongue, like, y'all need to pull out the fireworks for me. This Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, I do. That's exactly what that was. And so, but, but again, so let's fast forward all the way through the season, right? Let's mm -hmm. fast forward to the Duke North Carolina game. Mm hmm. A couple of weeks before the Duke North Carolina game, you throw out there that you want all of your former players back in the building. You want all of the former managers back in the building. You want everybody that you coach back in the building. You want everybody you had tied to ties to who could come back in the building for your last game at Cameron. On top of the most heated robbery in college basketball. Do you not think that's way too much pressure for your kids? For a bunch of freshmen? I, I do. I do. I do. From that perspective. But I do. You're right. I, I was going to try and justify it. He set it. him up to fail. That's all I'm saying. He but set I, him up to fail. I and do, I'm glad we took full advantage of it. I do understand why he would do it though because i kind of would want the same thing like this is my last game i've been here for uh 50 million years you know what it would just be nice to be you know surrounded by my friends and family people i care about on my last game 
you want to, you, you, instead of allowing people to give you your flowers, you demanded them. Okay. I don't I, 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 like, you demanded I, it though. What do you mean? It's, it's, that's like an unwritten rule. Like why you think all of them, all of them jokers came back? Like, oh man, this is a big thing. This is Coach I'm sure, last I'm game sure in camera. If, if everyone knew that it was going to be Coach Williams' last game last year, I'm sure it would have been packed out. With You're absolutely right. But because Coach Williams isn't that guy, is it, he doesn't want to make it about himself. He's never been that guy. Right. What did he do? He, he retired after the season. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, he didn't want... And, 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 and if we being 100... Coach was getting ready to retire two years ago. Uh, yeah. So, so again, like it, it's not it's not about him, and 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 I get it. Duke is very much Coach K. When you talk about North Carolina, you gotta mention Dean Smith. Yeah. You gotta mention Al McGuire. Yeah. You gotta mention now Coach Williams. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I get it. North Carolina isn't all about Roy Williams. Duke is absolutely about Coach K. Like, it's all about Coach K. And so as I understand that, everybody else understands that too. So why did, did we need the farewell tour? I didn't mind, and my, and my thing is, I didn't mind him announcing his retirement early. Hey, yo, look, this is going to be my last year. But at the end of it, just let it play. Let it play. Like, why, why did we need all of the fans back. Had them jokers sprinkle in throughout the year. Hey man, come on back to a game this year. You know, this is gonna be my last one. You'll get to see me. But having all of them in one place at one time, again, with the biggest robbery in college basketball on top of that, that's a lot for them kids, man. Like, I, like that, that would have been a lot for his 2016 with J.J. Reddick, Sheldon Williams, like veteran guys, seniors. That would have been a lot for them. So to put that on freshmen, I don't know. That For me, that was just a little bit too much. But again, I'm, I'm all for it because I'm absolutely glad we took advantage of it. I'm absolutely glad we smacked him on the head. And I'm glad he had to come out there and apologize to the, to the millions and millions of people watching and say, you know what? I'm sorry, guys. This is unacceptable. My team shouldn't have played this way. You dang on right. You shouldn't have put that much pressure on me. I didn't even watch his post game. I did. Oh, <laughs> and, and speaking of, and speaking of, so remember we had the conversation about John Shire taking over, right? Yeah. yeah. And and who they denied the job in Tommy Amaker. Yeah. So, and remember I kept saying, I don't really see how that even happened. Like, how did Duke talk to Tommy Amaker without talking to Coach K? And then I saw it. I saw it. Tommy Amaker is an African-American coach. Had played at Duke, was a part of the team that saved Coach K's career at Duke. Is doing a phenomenal job at Harvard. So it makes sense to bring somebody like that in. But it also made sense because once, once them curtains got revealed and them people started talking, the chancellor was black, the president was black, and the, the athletic director, the female, was black. Mm -hmm. and, and so I was like, whoa, okay. 
I didn't know. I didn't know. Like from a fan perspective watching, mm-hmm. now that makes sense to me. That makes sense why Tommy Amaker got the call. That makes sense why they were trying to go in a different direction. And they also make sense why Coach K shut that down, though. <laughs> makes sense. I saw it. I said, wow. I didn't realize, I didn't realize that many Black of us was empowered, dude. Mm-hmm. Shock me. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Uh... Okay. You know, what was also kind of um, weird during halftime. It wasn't weird, but it was just also like, mm. um, whenever Jay Williams was on broadcast and he was like, we better win this damn game. I was like, it, I, I get like, it was a lot of, like, I mean, that was kind of, I, I get it. You know, you're there specifically for Duke. You, you wasn't even really on broadcast. So you're, you're but that was kind of like, uh, so Jay, like I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Jay. Um, sometimes, sometimes I think he he drinks the the Kool Aid of you know being a, a, a analyst at times because there are some things that he say that I'd be like, Jay, bro, you played this game and you know exactly why a player would do this, but you flipping it on the other side, like, I, but, but, but for him in that particular moment, by all means, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what you're going to want. It and that's what you're going to think. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, we better win this dang on game. Like, but guess what? They did. <laughs> they did. So, again, a lot of pressure. That's why I'm not upset about us losing to Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament. Cause honestly, I didn't want to play them bums again. That's just me personally though. I ain't want to give them the satisfaction of if they possibly beat us to kind of, you know, go back and relive that, oh, we beat North Carolina in the last game. Nah, you bum. Sit on that L in Cameron. Coach K last game ever with all you other bums sitting in there. Love everybody. Loved it. Like that, yeah, that that's easily his most embarrassing. Like I just I I felt bad. All of them people, Adam Silver was there. Like who else? Yeah. Um, Adam Silver could get this L too. Um Jerry Seinfeld, I think it was Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, Jerry Seinfeld too. Like, I mean, just yeah. it just seemed like the most star-studded event. Like for Durham, absolutely, absolutely for Durham. And I hate because being from Durham, it's like Durham. Y'all boys but, yeah. that, but but again, it shows you how much Coach K. Yeah, his influence. Yeah, like over what forty-two years? Like, mm-hmm. bro, that's a long time. But Adam Silver also went to Duke, so. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I get that. Yeah, it's, but he's a, he's a great dude, though. Adam yeah. Silver, great dude. Like, uh, it doesn't make you, like, you know, I know we talk about, uh, like, Duke as far as, like, the, the rivalry is concerned, but I guess a lot of great, like, I'm friends with a lot of the dudes that went to Duke. Like me and Sheldon, we talk often. Like I text him afterwards. I hit him with the, <laughs> I hit him with the big eye emoji. <laughs> and all he could do, he couldn't even say nothing. <laughs> you can't, you can't. Yeah, he couldn't say nothing. Cause he did that to me when we, when they smacked us in in uh in the ding dog. He told myself, man, you all right over there? I said, man, hell to the no. <laughs> <laughs> I said, bro, this is a bad one here. But again, 
like the like the North Carolina Duke rivalry is more you know imprinted as far as fans are concerned. Like the players, we got mutual respect, um, even some friendships there, uh, and so you know, like that that's 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 really we all respect what North Carolina and Duke means to college basketball. And, and we, and when we, you know, in this thing together, like you kinda, you kinda form that bond, especially after you leave. So it, it, it's actually dope stuff. <sighs> okay. So um, with that win overdue, Carolina clinched number three seed in the ACC tournament. Um, they did not play until Thursday when mm -hmm. they met Virginia. Um, uh, how let's talk about Virginia first before we, we move on to Virginia Tech. Uh, the first half was the lowest for Virginia more so than for Carolina, the lowest scoring first half in ACC tournament history um, since the shot clock was implemented. Um, 46 points. So was total that game more of a Virginia is bad <laughs> or is UNC um what's what I'm looking for that did good? they play yeah I guess maybe I don't know I, that's not it because <laughs> that's not what I want to say but you know um is, is Virginia that bad is that why they lost the game not more so is that a credit to Carolina but is that a credit or is that just Virginia just isn't good this year and they just I'll, I, I think it's more of Virginia not being as good this year. Because Carolina so, only shot 38%. So, I mean, it's not like Carolina had one of their best games. Right. And they only scored 63 points in that yeah. game. Yeah. Um, so, for I, – th I, think, I think what it was, what you saw was North Carolina played well enough – or excuse me. Mm -hmm. Yes, North Carolina played well enough to win, but Virginia played bad enough for it to be a blowout. Yeah. Like, yeah. they just couldn't score the ball. And that's one of the problems. And again, and defensively, North Carolina played well enough to make everything tough for them. And because Virginia can't score the ball, North Carolina looked decent on defense. And so now you fast forward to the other end, for us offensively, what's the one thing that hurts a pack line defense? Three-point shooting. That's why Brady Manick was the player of the game in this one with 21 points, three for seven from three. Like, so when, you, when you're able to shoot the basketball, and again, Caleb knocked down a couple, um, but when you're able to shoot the basketball against the pack line, then that opens it up a little bit more. So now you have to close out to shooters. You, you're not in the driving lanes. You're not in the gaps like, like the pack line is designed to do. So, um, a game like this is definitely more of an indictment on how Virginia has been this year um, and their lack of ability to score it on the offensive end. Um, but North Carolina just, we, we did enough to win that game. That, and that was it. So <clears throat> moving on to uh, their loss to Virginia Tech, was that the, the team we saw against Virginia Tech, was that the same team that we saw against Virginia? Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. And so, and so now you see the contrast 
of a team being able to score the basketball. Mm-hmm. North Carolina only scored 59 points in the game against Virginia Tech. Um, and again, kind of the same uh, as far as shooting was concerned. We were three from 20 for 26 from three versus Virginia Tech. Way worse. No, I ain't gonna say it's the same. Worse than worse than versus Virginia, but Virginia, uh, Virginia Tech wants to get out and pressure those and contest those shots versus Virginia just kind of packing it in, letting you shoot it. Uh, once Virginia Tech figured out what they were gonna do on the help side, because that's what was hurting them early in the game, um, allow Armando to roll to the basket and all that kind of stuff. Now they still didn't necessarily stop Mondo because he was nine for 10 from the field with 19 points, but they were able to slow everybody else down. What I did not like about the Virginia Tech game was I felt like we got very, very stagnant on offense. And that was also the case against Virginia. It was just, we made a couple shots to kind of extend the lead. Mm -hmm. And so, and we got the stops when we needed to. Yesterday versus Virginia Tech, that was not the case. Like we were stagnant on offense, uh, a lot of one-on-one, trying to get downhill, couldn't, trying to hit the roll, couldn't help side was there. We weren't making the extra pass. Now that's a concern that, you know, especially going into the ACC tournament, I mean, excuse me, going into the NCAA tournament now that the ACC tournament is over, that's a concern of mine that we have to get situated once we play in teams that scout us, uh, not necessarily familiar with us, but they're definitely going to see that on film. And, and and try to do what Virginia Tech did. So <clears throat> also uh, with Carolina's issues um, going into the tournament or post or postseason, their their lack of depth and their bench production because Carolina mostly played six guys last night. Um, how would that impact <laughs> them going into the tournament? It's going to very much impact them. Remember, we talked about this earlier in the year where. Uh, we talked about the freshmen not playing and we, and we talked about some of these games where they were, they were having blowouts. So again, the game against Virginia was kind of put away, like pretty much for the, for the most part, mm-hmm. like you, you're up 20 at half, like y'all were back and forth. So you, you kind of held on to a 20 point lead pretty much the entire game. And I felt like that was the time to kind of plug in some of your younger guys, especially you coming off an emotional win at at Duke, um, guys were, were looking tired. They felt tired. Um, the play, you could see it in their play as far as them being tired. But yet and still, uh, now Justin McCoy played 17 minutes off of the bench in that game, which I understand because it's against his former team. So that made sense. And then you had Puff Johnson. But after that, that's a seven-man rotation. And in a three-game tournament, with what you're trying to win, luckily North Carolina only had to play three games. Like you, you want to kind of continue to develop your guys, right? So, and we, and as we spoke about this earlier in the year, developing your guys a little bit sooner, now you feel more comfortable putting them in in the ACC tournament. Now you feel more comfortable once you get to the NCAA tournament, right? And seven, eight guys, nine guys versus six. Mm. Okay. So um, Brady, um, who has he become for Carolina? Uh, 
he's become the second steady hand. Um, you all, you got Mondo. Mondo is your rock. Mondo is your, like, could have been ACC player of the year, uh, finished second in voting. So you have Armando. And now Brady is, is pretty much your second rock. Like, he's been the most consistent. He's been the most stable. He's been the guy that has sustained his level of play over the course of the season. And so that's what he's become. And so now you look down the bench or you, you look across the court and you look at Caleb Love and R.J. Davis and Leaky Black and you say, all right. Now, Leaky has done it on the defensive end. He sustained that part of it. But our guard play is going to be the piece that takes us over the hump every single every single year. I mean, excuse me, every single game moving forward. Have we become too reliant on Brady? Like, I mean, are we looking for him too much to kind of low-key be the savior a little bit? Like whenever Armando isn't producing, are we looking to Brady to, you know, come up and fill that void a little bit too much? Uh, I wouldn't say a little bit too much because, again, at the end of the day, shoot or shoot. Yeah. So, like, we got to get him involved at any turn that, that, that we can. So, I think the piece of it is – is again what we talked about at the at in the Virginia game and the Virginia Virginia Tech game, the lack of ball movement, the lack of being able to penetrate, hit the paint, kick out three. So, so when we talk about not relying on Brady so much, it's more so how do we get him easier shots? How do we get Caleb Love easier shots? How do we get R.J. Davis easier shots? Armando's shots aren't necessarily going to be easy because he's in the paint playing against bigs and he's going to have guys double teaming him all the time. But now, even with that, Mondo, when you get double and triple team, can you kick it out? Like, can you find open, easy shots? And that's what I felt like in the Virginia and the Virginia Tech game. And even in some of the games before that, we just ended up winning, especially like Louisville, all those games. Like, those are the type of, of things that are going to help you in the NCAA tournament versus trying to force things up over double teams and, and taking a lot of bad shots. Our shot selection was terrible this weekend. Now, one player who I'm kind of, um, I'm kind of sad about because I'm, I'm still on his train and I, and I still want him to kind of figure it out. But Kerwin, like his mm -hmm. just disappearance altogether this year is, is, is heartbreaking for me because we just knew that this year was going to be, you know, a fantastic year for Kerwin. And I feel like we've only seen him like 30 minutes all <laughs> season. Um, but why did we feel like it was going to be a fantastic year with Kerwin? I don't know, because last year was pretty good. And, you know, during the press conferences, you're hearing how he's one of the best shooters on the team, if not the best shooter on the team, and how he'll be utilized. I mean, that's and, what... And, and he is. He, he's that. He is. He is. He's probably second best to Brady now, but... He's, he is. He's the best shooter or the second best shooter on the team. Now, how he's being utilized, that's different. Like, that's – but, again, and so here's, here's what I always say. You'll never find a coach in America that won't play a guy that can help him win games. Especially if everything like off the court and all that kind of stuff is 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 intact, like doing what he's supposed to do. So there's something lacking 
with Kerwin right now. I don't know what that is. I don't know. Yeah. I, like, I don't know. But there is something lacking to where the confidence and the trust in the coaching staff, they do not have it in Kerwin Walton right now. Heck, they don't even have it in the, in the rest of their bench. Like there were times where Dontre Styles later on in the year started mm -hmm. coming in and playing heavy minutes. And now you look and he's only playing yeah, three minutes. He's only yeah. playing two yeah. minutes. Yeah. He's only, you see what I'm saying? So now it's back to Puff. And now yeah, just a McCoy. So like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where, where that's, that's coming in at. But I think the loss of Ant Harris definitely hurts. The loss of Garcia... Garcia definitely hurts. Um, so, but again, that's more so we got to talk about the development of your younger guys. Like for me, unless you have a solid eight, nine guys, that's the only way your freshmen don't play. And we don't have a solid eight, nine guys. Like at some point they can steal minutes for you. So, you know, that's, but again, that's just my opinion. Okay. Um, that's kind of pretty much wrapped up for the ACC tournament. Uh, uh, you know, dealing, with, <laughs> uh, dealing with Carolina <laughs> specifically. Um, wait, were you kind of surprised that Justin McCoy kind of like seeped his way back into like, getting those minutes i was but yeah. again I, like i said i understood it versus okay. virginia okay. um again your yeah, former team. team yeah yeah, yeah. so, so i kind of understood that like because i looked up and because he was the first sub off the bench and i looked and i was like wait a minute <laughs> and, and but again he came in um he was solid of course he knows the offense so mm -hmm. you know he defensively he was able to kind of sniff some stuff out which was good for us um and then offensively, he hit a shot, hit a little, hit a little nice face-up jump shot. Um, but then, yeah, that, that was about it. But, uh, yeah, that that one didn't surprise me that he got those minutes versus Virginia. Um, all right. I, I, we'll talk about ACC awards later. I really want to get on Boston College because when I tell you, I went to um, me and one of my girls, oh, you know, Courtney. Um, me and Courtney had lunch at Relish. And we were watching the Boston College Miami game. And me and her were in there. Well, I was screaming for Boston College to win that game. I don't know why I was so invested. It was really weird. But um, I really wanted Earl and them to win that game. Earl, who sounded like somebody from backwoods. But I really wanted Earl and them to win that game. And that, Earl and them. Yeah, I just feel like that last shot was just way too easy of a way to win. Like it was just a layup. Like it wasn't anything. It wasn't a last minute wow. three. It wasn't contested. I just, maybe I wanted the more dramatic ending. Cause I, maybe that's what it was. It was, it was, it was very dramatic. And here's why, because <sighs> you just tied the game up and you didn't get your butt back on defense. <laughs> like, like that's why it's 40 minutes to the game. Like you got to play all the way to the end, especially when you, you just tied the game up. And you allowed that man to get behind your defense and make a layup for game. So as much as as much as I'm I'm with you, I I, I absolutely believe that Earl Grant is going to go up there and and turn that program around. 
um, or back to what it used to be. Because again, Boston College used to be good. Boston College has always kept talent. It's never been a talent thing with them. Um, even like more recently, your Jerome Robinsons, your Kyle Bowman, uh, even going back to when, when, when they first entered the ACC with, with Craig Smith, uh, uh, Tyrese Rice, uh, Jared Dudley, former ACC player of the year, Sean Marshall, like they had a squad. That's who we lost to in the second round of the ACC tournament my senior year. Mm -hmm. So when we, when we talk about um, like Boston College and talent, it's never been that. So I believe that Earl Grant will go up there, do what he did at, at College of Charleston, but now the level is a little bit higher. So he'll be able to recruit on a, on a little bit of a higher level because he had talent at College of Charleston. Like he had a heck of talent mm -hmm. and he had good teams. And so I think it's really just about him kind of finding his footing, which he's already done this year, had some real positive moments this year, beat Notre Dame a couple of times, like the number two team in the ACC, uh, made a run uh, in, in, in the ACC tournament. You only lose to Miami by two points on a buzzer beater, dang near. So I think he's, he's, in, the, he's in the right place, doing the right things. And now it's just about him finding his way um, and kind of continuing that, 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 that streak. And, and I think he'll do it at Boston College. Well, I'm excited to see it. Um, now, moving on to Virginia Tech. Well, hold on, because we never finished. Um, Carolina and Virginia Tech, um, with Carolina losing that game, what mm. do you see them being placed in the tournament? Postseason. And so remember, I told you last time I felt like they were going to be a nine seed. Yeah. yeah, you I think I think they they flipped to an eight seed. Okay. Like I don't necessarily see their them moving. Like now, had they won the won the ACC tournament, um, you you may look at you may look at, at them at a six seed maybe. Um, but this this year, the, the crazy part about it is this year is very very similar to my senior year in North Carolina. Um, now mind you, the, the expectations were drastically different, um, mm -hmm. in, in, in what they thought about us versus this year's team. Uh, and, and our losses were nowhere near as, you know, lopsided, uh, like we were in pretty much every game. Uh, we also, you know, spoiled a party at, at Cameron indoor stadium, um, so yeah, this year is very, very similar. And we ended up being a three seed uh, in, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, so, you know, that's one of those, that's one of those things to where I think for us, our quad one wins were a little bit more. And then also looking back on it, um, again, just us not losing the way that this year's team have, have had uh, a few losses. I think that's why they'll end up being a little bit of a higher seed. So I'm, I'll probably give them like a seven or eight seed uh, this year, but we'll we'll see. We'll see what the, the committee got to say. But I, I got them as like a seven or eight seed. Okay. Um, I had just received the notes for Carolina versus Virginia Tech. Kind of go over and make sure that, you know, there isn't anything, you know, talked about. Um, yeah, no, 
it, it, a loss is a loss. There's no point in saying how everything else just, yeah, so ain't yeah, going to bring stuff up. Yeah, um, and uh, Virginia Tech is going to the ACC tournament, uh, the championship game for the first time in school history. Mike Young is in year three and um, for a third year coach in the ACC, um, how big of a moment is this, you know, in, in school history? Uh, I think it's huge. Um, is it? And the reason why you think so? It, it, it I'm, is. I'm, I'm, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> of course, it's huge for, you know. Yeah. And, and because for Virginia Tech, um, like they, they've been solid for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Under Buzz Williams, like they, they've been solid. They've for always a long, been on the bubble. Yeah. yeah. And they've always been right there on the cusp. Yeah. Yeah. And so for Mike Young to come in and, and kind of, mm, and, and, and we, and you know, this is, this is just this year. We ain't, we ain't going to talk about, you know, years down the line, but for this year, for them to be able to get to the, the, the ACC championship against a team like Duke. Now, if they can win it, now we talking something different. If they can win it, now, if they if they just gonna go and they they ain't gonna play well, like we'll we'll see that later on tonight. Like that's gonna be the piece, but I I I still think they have to win it in order to get into the NCAA tournament, though. Okay. That's that's just my thoughts, but we'll see. Do you think they have a, a chance against Duke? I do. I do think they have a chance against Duke, um, because of the way they shoot the basketball. And yesterday they, they they shot the shit out of of it against us. <laughs> and so when you <laughs> when you when you have guys that can that can knock down threes, you always have a a chance. And then they have guys that can uh, finish in the paint. Like Aloma is 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 a little bit of a matchup problem for Williams. So Duke may have to go small this game in order to be able mm-hmm. to. Uh, stay with Virginia Tech. So Virginia Tech, they they have they absolutely have a chance. Like, and it's even a little bit more than a chance um, when it comes to again the way that they can shoot the ball. Yesterday they shot nine for twenty from the three point line, and if they do anything like that against uh, Duke today, then it, it, it could possibly be a long night for 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 those bums down in Durham. Yeah, I, I've definitely have enjoyed watching Chris Maddox. Um be such a star for Virginia Tech and I know Mike Young is just like floored with how he's been playing and those last minute shots and you know coming up huge in the game and I yeah he's he's been a joy to watch I I love a an excited cocky player during tournament time and just knowing that you know he's a hot hand I just love it um the last time Duke and Virginia Tech met was uh, the 22nd of December and they didn't lose horribly uh, they only lost by nine at Cameron. You know, it's yeah. always hard to win in Cameron, but right. um, not for us, though. <laughs> not for UNC. Yeah. On, on the biggest night on the, on in, the biggest college night. Bas- in college yeah. basketball. Just go ahead and throw that out there. Um, but yeah, so they, at a neutral site, I, I totally agree with them having more than a chance to to beat Duke, and I hope they do. Oh, I really do hope they do. Um, yeah. Okay, so 
going to the NCAA tournament, what other teams do you have other than Carolina, Duke? Are there any other teams that you want? Because you originally said four. And I know if Virginia Tech wins tonight, then that kind of pushes them into being an, an automatic bid. But regardless if they win tonight, because we, we talked about Wake Forest and Miami, you know, being automatic. Should Virginia Tech, you know, get that look now? Are, are, are they even better than Miami? Because uh, I think you can make the case for them. I, I kind of rather see Virginia Tech than Miami getting there. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Okay. Pump your brakes. Okay. Because I, I, the reason I why, and, the, and I mean, you know, my obsession with with Miami I do but nonetheless um I think so as I agree with you that Virginia Tech is good right Mm -hmm. I I do believe that Virginia Tech is (laughs) capable of getting in the NCAA tournament and making a run again especially based off of how well they shoot the ball and how well they're coached the only problem is like, I, I just don't know if that will be enough getting to the championship game for Virginia Tech. Um, I'm not 100% sure, percent sure about their quad one wins and all that kind of stuff, which I know they have a couple, but um, I think when it all boils down to it, I think they'll be left on the outside looking in just because of how bad that the ACC was this year overall. And it's not, a, it's not, a, and it's not necessarily a, a, a slight to them. It's just more so of how the committee is going to look at the ACC as a whole to get five teams in this year. Yeah. yeah. Man, I don't know if they're going to do that. So we'll get the four. We'll get, we'll, no, we'll get, no, excuse me. No, I said five teams because that will be six. You got, you got Duke, you got Notre Dame, you got us. You got Notre Dame. That's you got who you got. That's yeah. who you got. Notre Dame. So yeah. So to get six teams in with Virginia Tech, not winning the not winning the ACC tournament, yeah. I think yeah. that's going to yeah. be too much. So yeah. Got Notre Dame. What, yeah, what happened so, with Notre Dame? Did they lose first round? <laughs> they did. They lost. They lost to Boston College. Boston College beat them. Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's the. No, they lost to Virginia Tech. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. I was thinking uh, Boston College beating them early in the year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's the uh, – but, yeah, I think that's the that's the conundrum that you're going to run into. Um, so, if Virginia Tech does not win the ACC tournament, I don't think they get in. Okay. Um, ACC awards. Did they get it wrong? All right, so run, Coach- run them down. All right, so hold on, let me let me go back to to the site because I was over here looking at the coach of the year was uh, Wake Forest, Steve Forbes. I do um, not think they got that one wrong. You do you think they do? They did? No, I said I do not think they got that one. Oh, wrong. oh, okay. Um, I I agree. I wholeheartedly believe Coach Forbes should have won that. Um, because he has definitely turned around Wake Forest. Because there's no way that I would have considered. Jesus, Wake Forest, you know, to be like interested in seeing them play. Right. <laughs> um, and the ACC Player of the Year, Alandez Williams. 
he beat out Armando Baycock um, by 10 votes. It wasn't a lot, but it was enough. And honestly, I wasn't surprised that Williams won. Like it made kind of sense to me a little bit. I think, I think what, what you're looking at is again, you, you have to reward winning one mm -hmm. and then uh in which wake forest did uh especially at the beginning of the year they won some games that a lot of people didn't think they were going to win mm -hmm. head to head they beat the fire out of north carolina mm -hmm. um, now with that i will speak up for mondo mondo 24 double doubles in a year, most in North Carolina history. Mm -hmm. Like he was a monster all year. All this year. year. Yeah. He um, has not turned especially it in conference play. Yeah. So I'm gonna say that they got that one wrong. Little bit of a biased opinion, but I I'm gonna say that they got that one wrong. Um just just from if we're, if we're talking about player to player and just across the line, like I know Alonda, I think uh, uh, Alonda's led the league in scoring. So I, I, I kind of get that. But Mondo, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You know, what's kind of weird is that for – for voting for all ACC team, Armando beat out Williams. Oh, it was only by like seven points or seven votes, but still, you know, for him to be voted first of, you know, for all ACC team, but to fall short for ACC player of the year is kind of like, where, where was that disconnect? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, That's pretty much it. No one else of for Carolina one. Oh, I'm sorry. Leaky, should he have won uh, defensive player of the year? Mark Williams won that with 46 votes for Duke. Uh, Leaky only received seven votes. Um, should he have received, you know, who Reese Be uh, Beekman from Virginia got 20. So mm -hmm. Leaky was third in voting for defensive player of the year. Uh, did they get that one wrong? Should Leaky have at least received more votes? Like why only just seven? Uh, Cause Leaky didn't do what he did at the end of the year all year, mm. so they did not get that one wrong. Um, Leaky has been a presence um, defensively, but like I like I said, I think this year, towards the end of the year, and I've I've said this on many many of our podcasts, I didn't think Leaky was a lockdown defender. Mm -hmm. Lately. He's been locked down, but it hasn't been all year. And so as that happens, you know, you kind of, I really like where Leaky is right now. Like as far as a mindset, as far as mentality, as far as taking shots, as far as uh, the offensive side of the floor and defensively, again, he's become locked down. So I like that piece of it. But again, I don't think he did it all year. So I don't think they got that one wrong. Um, ACC most improved player went to um, Seabrun from NC State. 
uh, PJ Hall was a very close second from Clemson. Uh, uh, <laughs> He's a very you know close what? second. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I agree with Sebron. I do agree with Sebron, but and and I agree with PJ Hall. Like PJ Hall, like I watched him a few times this year, um, and not just against us. Like PJ Hall became a monster this year, bro. And I and I really like his game. So I'll be excited to see what he does next year. But yeah, for sure. I I I agree with Sebron, but I'm the PJ, it, I wouldn't have been mad had PJ Hall got it either. Um, Carolina's RJ Davis got one vote. You've been in love with RJ all season. You've been singing yep. his praises all season. Yep. I, personally, I feel like we haven't given RJ e- enough um, enough flowers this year um, because I, I truly wholeheartedly believe without RJ, we would not have won that Duke game. Um, Agreed. Are we? Are we not giving? I hate to say it this way. Are we taking RJ for granted? No, but are we not giving him enough attention? I, I guess. And I, I, I don't mean attention as far as like enough praise or anything like that. Well, maybe it is praise. But, you know, are we not, are we, is Brady, Armando, and kind of like even Caleb struggles a little bit, kind of outshine what RJ has been doing. How mm-hmm. he's been consistent. Right. Like he hasn't done more or, or he, he's been one of the most consistent players. And I feel like everyone else's struggles and everyone else's greatness has kind of overpowered this, even Leaky, you know, wonder if Leaky is this lockdown defender. But here's RJ, you know, doing what he does, you know, coming up, pulling threes, getting those really Uh tough rebounds, driving the back. He's doing really great things. Absolutely. We're not talking about him enough for me. And I wholeheartedly completely agree with that. Yeah. But I've like you, you. You heard what you said earlier. You you have not all even even before <laughs> my favorite player. Season, you said that he was your absolute favorite. He's player. my favorite player, and because and 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 I don't mind him going under the radar. You know what I mean? Like, and that that's okay. Like when when you're the player that he is, um, and at the and I think I think what it is is he's he's playing kind of sort of out of position at the two spot. He's definitely a point guard. Um, and because he can shoot the ball so well, it works. But I think if we're able to put the ball in his hands a little bit more, uh, like the Duke game, you'll, you'll see similar results like the Duke game. But the problem is now that goes kind of against what you're trying to develop in Caleb. Um, Mm. and so knowing, and this is what I think, knowing that Caleb can possibly leave, assuming that RJ pretty much stays, Mm -hmm. you know, you got him to run the show for two more years. Mm -hmm. And so I think that could be a little bit of piece of it, but I absolutely believe I agree with you that that RJ is not getting the attention that he deserves, but I'm also okay with him not getting the attention that he deserves because that's not going to one way or another influence his game. Yeah, I agree. You're right. Um, speaking of, of Caleb, is he NBA ready? 
or should he stay another year? I think I think Caleb I think Caleb leaves. Um, is he NBA ready? I still don't think so. But I think he leaves because this year he's proven that he can make shots. And so where last year, like it, it just would have been all bad. I do not think he's NBA ready. I think he, he could possibly be a second round pick that will end up in the G League, learn the game, develop, and possibly help an NBA team down the road. The reason why I say leave is because I think he's in a right camp for UNC. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I, and, and so selfishly, from a mind, mindset, right? As you're, as you're like the fan of the team, you wouldn't mind seeing Caleb stay. But for his development, yes, it's yes. not best for yes. him to stay. Yes, it's not best for him to stay. It's, it's. And as much as North Carolina has changed from Coach uh, Williams to Coach Davis as far as what they're running, what they're doing, terminology, all of that kind of stuff. So now he's seen it. He's at least seen it. So now once he gets to this level, NBA, G League, that kind of deal, it won't be foreign to him. And so now his learning curve will be shorter and his development Mm -hmm. can speed up Mm -hmm. a lot quicker once he gets to this level. and He'll have the space that he's wanting. He'll have like, so for me, I think, I think it'll be better for his development if he leaves and plus he'll possibly be a second round draft pick if he stays. And if he, even if he has a better year next year, I don't necessarily see his, his draft stock uh, going up crazy. I think he's a, he's a mid to late second round pick. You'll pick him, put him on a two-way contract and go from there. And, and what about Brady? Let's, let's throw him in there. You know, his production this year, you know, does he get looked by NBA teams? Does he? Uh, I would say yes, because he has an, an elite skill set. And, and, and in, in the NBA, that's what they look for. They look for a guy who can possibly be a superstar. And then they look for elite role players, guys that can, that can thrive in their role. Brady Manick is a mm-hmm. shooter. Mm-hmm. He's a shooter. He can shoot the fire out the basketball. So you can find ways to kind of put him in spots. Now, will he get drafted? I doubt it. Will, will he be available for like a, a G League or overseas? If he goes overseas, absolutely no brainer. Staying here, you know, playing in the G League, um, I think he'll be very, very effective. Will that lead to something in the NBA? Uh, I don't know because again, yes, he can shoot the basketball at an elite level, but then now you talk about can he defend at the four spot? Nah. Can he can he you know handle it well enough versus some of these elite four or five men? I don't think so. Um, but the the spacing and the floor will be very much spread for him for catching shoots. The only thing about it is he can't necessarily, I don't know if he can shoot it off the bounce that well. And I don't know if you're running them off any type of stagger screens and stuff like that. So, um, you know, tough, tough to say. Okay. And last but not least, Leaky, Um, his fifth year, no one, um, not no one, um, 
he hasn't really given, you know, any clear cut clues that he's leaving or staying. And he's kind of been in this, this purgatory. No one really knows what he's thinking. Right. Um, do you think Leaky stays? I think he does. I think it'll be incredibly beneficial if he does. I mean, and that, I think that's more so as a fan, you know, speaking from that perspective, but mm-hmm. does Leaky stay or should Leaky stay? I remember we talked about this before. We said that Leaky leaves. But seeing as the year has progressed and it's a lot different, would it be more beneficial if he stays? And so here's where my my mindset has changed on Leaky. Um, I think earlier when we talked about this, I said he leaves. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not sure if I gave reasons why, but so now when you look at this year's team, you look at uh, the absence of Garcia, you look at the absence of Aunt Harris, you go into this summer not knowing what what the what those guys hold, mm-hmm. and you also don't know what happens with Kerwin, what happens with um, Styles, what happens with Dunn at the end of the bench. You don't know. You probably know you're going to lose Armando. You probably know you're going to lose Caleb. Um, you know you're losing Brady. Mm-hmm. So now you look down and you say, "Shoot, <laughs> like what do we have left?" And so with that, I do think Leaky stays. I think you allow him to take his time with the decision, but I think you hold off a scholarship for him to be able to return to the University of North Carolina. Um, And if I'm Leaky, I think I go to Portsmouth. I think I go to uh, a couple workouts just to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then ultimately, and especially, and here's where I think the NIL comes into play. Like, I don't know, like, what type of deals Leaky have, has on the table as far as the NIL is concerned. But think about if you push all of those guys out of the window, whatever your deal was this year, you're the man coming back pretty much outside of RJ. Yeah. And so now those numbers might increase. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good point. I think so now it might be more beneficial yeah, for development really and financially point. to go back to college versus coming out, knowing you probably won't get drafted, knowing and now again, Leaky does have an elite skill set. He's a defender. Mm-hmm. But and then I think I think he has the ability for his jump shot and all that kind of stuff to develop at this level. But again, it's is I think it's more beneficial for him to uh, jump out uh, or I mean, excuse me, go back to school. Mm, okay. Um, that's all the players and the fan notes I have. We got through everything weirdly. Um, Quick, fast, like. So selection Sunday is tomorrow. We do find out where Carolina is is seated and where they will play. I have no idea what the field even looks like to even get an assumption of where Carolina might go. Um, they'll but, be on the east. They'll be on the east somewhere, but they'll be like a they'll be like a seven seed, like I said, seven eight. Um, is there a team? I, you know what? I do wish uh, Vanderbilt won that Kentucky game. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, I hollered at my boy Stack, too. 
like the game before, and I told him congratulations, go get it done. And it was, it was a it was, it was a good game. It though. was a good really game. good game, and it's good so game. weird. I hate what you've done to me. Like I, when I tell you, I I really have enjoyed watching other teams. Like I mean, exactly. like I, <laughs> there's been a couple of like being at home and being able to to you know hop on Carolina Zoom, and there have been a couple of games I missed to watch. You know, other teams, and I've just. Mm. Even that TCU Kansas game was really good. Um, mm-hmm. Is there um, a, a team that you're looking forward to to winning it all? And is there a team that's way too overhyped and when they get in the tournament, they're going to lose? Like, because there's always that one seed that loses to like that 16, 14 mm-hmm. person. What team do you think that will be? That's just way too overhyped. And so when we talk about when we talk about overhyped, or you know, it, it, it's it's any given Sunday, honestly. Right. So and, and honestly, for for me, like Duke is that team again this year, mm. unfortunately. And, and, and that's and and this isn't even me being like you know a, you know a hater or, or talking about them. I'm like I'm literally looking at this from an analytic standpoint, like. I think Duke is the team that can possibly go in there and get knocked off this year. Um, when, cause, Cause when you talk about the one line, you, you're talking about your Gonzaga's, your Arizona's, um, maybe Baylor, maybe Kansas. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, like they, they've just proven that year in, year out, night in, night out, and especially this season, that they, they not only beat the teams that they're supposed to beat, Mm-hmm. But they also they they dominate the teams that they're supposed to dominate, and so now when you move to that two line where Duke is, um, like I think that's a that's a like when you got Duke, you got your Baylor, Purdue's, um, I I think Duke is the is the team out of that out of that one that could possibly get knocked off. Another team is possibly Wisconsin. Um, I, I like that. I like them, but I like the way I like Johnny Davis. Like I like, I like a lot of their players, but I think Wisconsin is another team that could possibly, uh, get knocked off early. Um, a team that I, I feel like can make a run or who am I excited to see win it? I think I want to see Gonzaga win it this year. Like, They've been right there on the cusp time and time, time and time again. Um, And I think this year could possibly be the year for Gonzaga. Um, Mm. Will they do it? I do love me a a Mark Few. I doubt they do it, but you know, I doubt they do it though. I think they, I think they lose in like the elite eight. But Mark makes basketball fun. You know, that was his, that was his number one thing. I think they did was either last year or the year before they did like his three rules for Gonzaga basketball. And fun was like number one. And I was sold. <laughs> I was like, that's, that, that's not, you don't hear that too often from a coach that wants, well, of course, I mean, you hear, you know, coaches say it, but you know, for that to be his number one rule, I really just want these kids to have fun. I, I was sold. Mark, you have me. You, <laughs> it's you have me. It's usually Coach Ham, but you have me and then Coach Young. I'm a fan, Mark. So 
um yeah I I'm excited for the tournament this year I'm excited to watch everyone else play I I'm excited you know what I love this journey for me I love this journey of of watching other basketball and, and becoming fans of other teams and um just seeing this really great play you know even watching Wake Forest you know I have ah, just enjoy it and I'm sure Duke will probably lose like you said at probably sweet 16 from yeah. some weird off night that they're having or do you think oh we did talk about virginia tech we, we said that virginia tech has a good um chance of winning so yeah tonight yeah, yeah. yeah. uh that's it um we will I, we will record again next week after the um uh tomorrow sunday's whatever they call it. I can't think of it. Something with my tongue. Selection Sunday. When they come out oh, with everything. Whoa, whoa, what are you looking at? North Carolina's in the top 25. They got seated? They're number 25. Is that probably the right Google? That's crazy. The little win oh, versus no. Duke. They're number 25 now. Let's see. They're not they're not in the coaches poll. They're in the they're in the AP top 25. Hmm. They'll probably be right back out. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. I see. Yeah. You know, sometimes Davis be just be Googling stuff. Stop. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. If I, if I talk about it, it's real. <laughs> I ain't going to ever put no false or misinformation out there. I promise you that. Hmm. Whatever. Yeah, Duke dropped from four to seven with that Carolina loss. Yeah, yeah. they'll still be a number two seed, though. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, well, you know what? They, they have everyone who plays tonight. So mm-hmm. is there any game that you're looking forward to? Oh, that Tennessee-Kentucky. Yep. They come on That'll at 3.30. That is going to be a great one. Michigan State, Purdue will be good. That Texas Tech and Kansas is going to be good. There's going to be some good games. Creighton and Villanova. UCLA knocked off USC yesterday, so Arizona versus UCLA for the Pac-12 mm-hmm. championship. Come on. Who, and who's at Arizona? Coach Rizov. Oh. Rizov, the Rizov, the Rizov. Uh, yeah, there's going to be some really good games. I, I don't know why I, I didn't think of uh, who's huh? Indiana, Iowa. Indiana has made a made a strong run yeah. from the mm. Mike Woodson. Mm. For the Big Ten championship. Oh, that's I mean, at one o'clock. That's almost on in like a couple minutes, 13 minutes. So mm-hmm. I I did not expect to watch basketball all day. I don't know why well, it, why not? <laughs> I don't know. It, honestly, it didn't even probably ring in my head that everybody is playing championship right. game today. I, I really was just 
fixating on cleaning the house today and watching Duke later on tonight. Um, it really did not dawn on me that at one o'clock, you know, we're going to see some really great games. I'm really 3.30. Kentucky and Tennessee is going to be really good. I'm excited about that one. So, yeah. You did. I'm done. Um, I'm going to get this out, honestly. It's gonna be easy uh, getting this out, so I'm gonna go ahead and get this out. What, what's what's the title of, of this one? You didn't give me a good one liner today. Usually, you give me a really great one liner, and I can pull. Right, it. right. You um, done your job. That's you know what? That's my bad. I'm slipping. I'm slipping. Well, before before we go, um, can we just talk about when we're releasing this rich black gray sweatsuit um, that you're gonna send to me so I can be a model because. When I tell you guys, I tell you guys every podcast that this, the quality of David's line is just chef's kiss. Like you are literally in a towel that loves you from Jesus himself (laughs) that was sewn with the hands of, uh, of all the angels. Um, and they were singing God's praises as they were sewing. And you just feel the love embedded in every thread. And uh, Jesus has just kissed every uh, piece of needle that was made to make these sweatshirts. They are just that great. Again, I have washed this sweatshirt a million times, partially because I wear it every single day. When I'm cleaning the house, you know, because I hate turning on my heat, you just pick clothes on. <laughs> and, and if you're from the south you don't turn on the heat you just put on extra clothes and so i i wear that sweatshirt like it's no other and as many times as i have washed it it still looks like the day that david sent it to me like the, the color has not faded in the least bit nothing has like you know usually the the letters fade or like the um the stitching or like the the lettering starts peeling like nothing it's the blackest of black and I don't even use probably the correct detergent for that sweatshirt but (laughs) like it still looks brand stinking new and every podcast I'm just I cannot wait until the public just gets their hands on this luxury wear of rich black and um, I definitely appreciate that beautiful soliloquy out there um to answer your question though the sweatsuits will not be available until next next summer. Unfortunate. I'm excuse me. Next next fall. Um, so I will switch a, it up. A season. I will switch it up. The one <laughs> the one thing that I've been trying to do um, is kind of figure out how I want to roll everything out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I will probably completely switch up uh, the logos, all of that kind of stuff next time around. Um, so you will get the sweatsuits. Um, uh, you, you still may get a couple hoodies, couple sweatshirts. Um, and then, you know, this summer I got something that I'm working on. So you'll still get the hats and the flops and all that kind of stuff, stuff in the socks. I was looking at something earlier today that could be, you know. Can we get the rich black and dad hats? I know, I know. For I got the trucker hats, and yes, that is a possible dad hats, not tr- for the dad hat. I know, I, I know, okay, I know okay, the difference, sure ma'am. No. I know the difference, okay. ma'am. Um, and yes, uh, dad hats and beanies, maybe. Mm. 
Falcons may be on the way. So, um, but the the site is up. Um, I have officially launched. I just didn't necessarily announce it to the world, uh, which I will do eventually. But if you're listening, if you want uh, to participate, as far as Rich Black is concerned, it's on. It's it's up there, so you can What's go and site? order. You know, David don't never give y'all no type of site. (laughs) Rich Black, R-I-C-H-B-L-K, clothing.com. So y'all can go on there, put in your orders, um, and I'll get stuff sent out A to the SAP. So it's just about, you know, doing your thing thing now. Believe believe me, y'all, when I say that, you would not regret getting at, at very minimum a hoodie it's you you wouldn't buy another one for a very long time it's it's really it, it keeps its shape the whole nine like you don't yeah i appreciate it you're welcome if it was horrible i would tell you and i would tell everyone to save their money but no and i appreciate that too you know truth and honesty is what we live for i went to on a podcast and i'll be lying low keep it i've known david for 62 years but no this is really um, a great investment. Um, I, I've never, I, I was telling him I never worn an essential city, but um, even just seeing my friends wear it and, you know, from when I've worn my hoodie, my hoodie looks better. <laughs> so, and, and it looks thicker too. So, but hey, I could be biased. Definitely thicker. Um, I will, I will make some that are maybe a little bit thinner, but just to yeah 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 so we'll see we'll see all right um in a couple minutes we will be seeing indiana and iowa i don't know what channel that's on but um yeah that's a wrap let's see hey ladies and gentlemen we sure appreciate y'all for rocking with us all day long uh thank you to all of our listeners uh our supporters again send in your questions to kier if you have any all of that type good stuff Y'all can hit me too. Uh, I'm back on social media. David, don't I, I know I was hacked, but David, I'm back on social media. Don't. At I am don't David nothing. Anthony. Holla at your boy. Do not send him anything. He don't check nothing. I be checking it all the time. Hush. I'll just forward it to you. <laughs> you did. <laughs> hey, two fingers like a player. We holla. <laughs>